Nelson in looking for Garza backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi, y'all. Uh, your pal JCM Jones here, Joe Patrick. It's here too. Welcome to the first ever edition of Five Strike Final. Y'all can see we just had streamers and confetti and a whole bunch of other random crap go off. Whee. Right there. Anyway, welcome to Five Strike Final, Lady United's only highly distributed windbag trans. Wait, no, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, highly H-Dad. distributed audio discussion in HDAT, as we like to call it, where we'll be bringing you live-ish, exclusive, transcendent, voluntary, life-affirming post-game analysis after every Lady United game at both home and away. This may be the first one, but like Michael Parkhurst at a Chili's and Dudwood on half-price app nights, we're here to stay. All this, of course, is brought to you by DirtySouthSoccer.com, your premier place for Atlanta United news, and more, and all this produced by the lovely, talented, and much, much smarter than me, Joe Patrick, who's right over there. I'm not that smart. You're giving me way too much credit. We're trying to trick the listeners already, Joe. <laughs> trying to trick them. That's the whole point of this. No, no, no. I mean, uh, we're happy to bring this to you. You know, uh, I kind of had this idea to do something like this. Um, you know, we we needed a podcast, or I'm sorry, not a podcast, and we needed an H dad, which no one you. has. Uh, I th- I really think we are, you know, the pioneers in this industry. Um, no one else is doing anything like this, and you know, I just felt like it was the the onus was on us to to bring this to the fans. So um, there was a definite hole in the market, and yes, we're here, we're here yes. to just plug that right up. We're here to bring the H dads to people. So. Mm-hmm. What have you been doing this winter, Sam? What, how have you been keeping yourself busy? <laughs> Boat watch the entire time. Besides that, <laughs> nothing much. Waiting around for February 10th. Yeah. To be honest, good Lord, it's been a long, long off season. Of course, we've had a whole bunch of transfers come in. A few that we even forgot about. It seemed like with Boat Watch going on for so long, uh, we forgot that we brought in Darlington Magby, who yeah. you know, is yeah. going to be an instrumental piece for uh, at least a few years here, it looks like. here. Yeah, I went to cover Atlanta. the team. I went to cover the team. Uh, a few days ago, and I was like, oh, yeah, Darlington Nagby, like a U.S. men's national team player, is who I'm talking to today. Uh, that's fun, you know, just no big deal. kind of, kind of, yeah, just, uh, yeah, no big deal. Barco so wasn't that- even there, and he's he, he was mm-hmm. the biggest story, and he wasn't even there, but uh, apparently he should be joining the team, I think, either today or tomorrow. Um, I've been doing some uh, Instagram snooping, and he's, uh, I think he's close to joining the team, so we'll see. Um, yeah, it's, it, you know, what's crazy is that the season, I mean, the MLS season ended what, like a little over a month ago, like what, what was it like mid-December, <laughs> Yeah, mid-December. you know, it was like five, six weeks ago, the MLS season ended and we're already starting back up again. But like you said, it does feel like it was absolutely ages ago. So soccer off seasons are nuts, man. I don't know how to deal with it. Always. That's kind of the thing with these transfer watches. We've had so many people be like, oh, man, this has been so crazy and hectic. Well, for a lot of us who've been following for a long time, especially European teams, you know, it's 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 not quite surprising to see transfer sockets go on for months at a time and extended uh, fiascos such as uh, Barco Watch and things of the like. Of course, we have another player watch coming our way almost immediately as soon as we get done with Barco Watch as Carlos Camona gets yeah, shipped yeah. out. And now we're waiting, wondering who's going to be our number six for uh, this upcoming season. Yeah, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to get into that. There's been so many rumors flying around about that particular player and that subject. Um, 
Uh, we'll talk about it in a little bit. We'll get into some other Atlanta United dealings and what's going on. What can we what we can look forward to? Um, yeah, but uh, so why don't we explain like what this whole age dad is going to be? Um, I'll kind of I'll kind of start here, and you can just jump in whenever. I uh, like I said, I we kind of had this idea where. Um, Obviously, there are a bunch of other non-H dads called podcasts out there um, that, you know, usually they broadcast like midweek or something, and those are really good. I still uh, will continue to listen and participate in them as much as I can, but I felt like there was a lack of like a uh, outlet for people to kind of get out what they're feeling right after a game, uh, which I think as a fan is super important. You know, that's kind of when you're, your emotions are at their highest and that's sometimes when you get the most honest feedback. Um, Essentially you've signed us up to be everyone's like cathartic punching bags when we lose to DC United the first home game. So thanks for that. Glad we uh, shoulder the blame for some folks. I didn't think that one fully through, but uh, yeah. So anyway, um, that's, that's a great point, but uh, yeah. So, so <laughs> this might be our first and last podcast, uh, but depending on, how I feel about this going forward after this. But anyway, so we'll be going live um, from home games. It'll, it's easier for us to do live broadcast from home games because we're right in the same place. So maybe if we figure stuff out uh, down the road, we could do some more live stuff after away games. Um, but for, for now, we're just going to be going live after home games. Um, it'll be about 45 minutes after the final whistle because right as soon as the game ends, obviously we're reporting on the team. So we have to go down to the locker rooms and uh, interview the players and talk to Tata uh, in the post-match press conference. But um, right as soon as we get back from that and then Sam finishes writing uh, The Gamer, which goes up on DirtySouthSoccer.com, we will go live as soon as we can after that. So um, if you're still – if you had a beer or two post-game and you're still um, riding in the car, if you were – having that beer post game, uh, or in Marta or something, um, you know, pull, you can pull us up on Facebook live, plug us into your car, put your headphones in and, uh, yeah, listen to us, interact with us. We want to hear what you have to say about the games as well. That'll be a big part of the pot. Uh, I almost said it. H dad, um, is for, to get your feedback and kind of read that off and hear what all you guys have to say. Yeah, so these things will, as long as they don't take us out anything out on us. That's the whole thing. We're here to be a soundboard. Maybe not so much a punching bag for you guys, but you know, try to let you uh, get some frustration out if the if the time comes. But hopefully that won't come because we may not lose a game this year. So you know, I'm sure all positive feedback is going to be coming our way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we will put out the live shows on podcasts as well. Uh, uh, well, see, there's no H Dad you know, provider out there. So it has to come yes. through your podcast provider. Um, unfortunately we'll, we're working on that with Apple, but, um, in the meantime, you can use them to, uh, you know, to download us and, and to listen to us in your, uh, substandard podcast, uh, form, if you will. So like some of the things we'll be talking about, we'll give, you know, we'll do like, re- we'll talk about the recap. We'll talk about like the big stuff that happens after games, Uh, Obviously, like I said, we'll take your questions, read off your comments, um, which you'll just be able to send into us, uh, well, a multiple of ways. The easiest way, the best way will be to just type it in through the Facebook Live. Um, That's actually, we probably should have said something about that. That's how you will be able to watch this live is to go on Facebook Live and watch us. So if you haven't done so, go on Facebook and follow Dirty South Soccer. That's how you will 
um, be able to watch us. It will be through that channel. We don't we don't have our own channel on Facebook. So go on to Dirty South Soccer, follow them on Facebook, and that's how you can watch us live. And you can send us messages through the chat there. Uh, but also you can send us questions or messages on Twitter at Five Stripe Final. And then also you can email the show at Five Stripe Final at gmail.com. So we really want to engage with you guys. That's a big, big part of all this. Um, and so we'll be talking about that. We will give uh, our Laurentowitz man of the match. Oh, yeah. That's that's the most exciting part. That's, that's a little bit different than your traditional man of the match. We're looking for someone who's uh, a little more underappreciated, maybe someone you didn't quite notice as much when you were watching the games. You know, if Joseph Martinez has three goals... He's obviously man of the match, but maybe let's say uh, Yuri Russell comes in, who may be our new CDM coming into this, our new number six, and maybe has a really underappreciated game. We're going to give him the Loren and its man. Uh, that's trademark, by the way, Loren and its man uh, mm-hmm. of the night. Man of the night. That's sorry. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That's that's my fault. And then uh, and then we'll bring you anything, any interesting quotes or anything like that pops up post game um, that we hear from the players or from Tata or anyone else will. We'll bring you that interesting stuff too. So it's going to be a bundle of fun. I'm already looking forward to it, except for uh, when we lose to DC United. It's so imminent, isn't it? Yes. Ah, uh, it's just, it's just coming. They'll, they'll be up four nothing on us in, in the all time series, if you will, and uh, it's just going to be a bummer. But it, we'll be glad to be back in the bins, man. I I haven't been there in a while. I've been up to really Atlanta in a while just to get up for a game, and it just feels like so so long. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, um, you know, it's it's been a while for me too. I last time I was there was for the Columbus Crew game. Have you been to there um, for anything else since then? No, no, but I have had an additional sad walk back to Marta. I remember, uh, of course, after the uh, the final penalty went in, of course, you know, you take off and try to get down to Marta as quick as you can. Uh, but the, the stairs were blocked off on the initial one right by Phillips, so we had to keep walking all the way down to another station and. Uh, you know, it's it's always a bummer just kind of to walk back and you're trying to like commiserate, but also like you kind of you got to get to the train in a hurry so you don't get stuck there in Atlanta. Uh, I had that was that for with, the Georgia uh, game for the I had that for the Georgia game. Uh, uh, I was down there to see Kendrick Lamar and had to walk back with a whole bunch of sad Georgia fans. Uh, and I've also had that, of course, with the Columbus game. Um, and it's really annoying that sad walks back to Marta have kind of become my aesthetic here in the last few months. But it's 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 typical. It's what you kind of expect for Atlanta sports. Uh, hopefully that changes, though. Of course, I think we've talked a few times about how if someone is going to break the Olympic curse, that 1996, we got the Olympics with some deal with the devil we did. I don't know how in the world it ended up in Atlanta. Of course, I was like one at that point. But looking yeah. back, it's still kind of how, why, why? But still, it's exciting. <laughs> um course yeah uh, you know you know it, it's it's weird for me that columbus talking about that columbus match so that night i was working for uh mlssoccer.com uh that's mm-hmm. what i was writing for that night. i i did something for dirty south soccer as well but my primary uh duty was for mlssoccer.com and it was the first time I'd, I'd done some work for them before when uh their atlanta writer um the notable pace and schwinn followed him on uh twitter I think it's at Pace and Nino. Mm-hmm. Um, he's usually writing for MLS Soccer. Um, yeah, and you know him as well. Uh, but since it was a playoff game, they wanted kind of more hands on deck, more coverage. So they added me um, since I was the backup. And then obviously, since there were two of us, we had to split the teams on who was going to kind of cover which team. And I, you know, as as the junior uh, member of of the two of us, I 
went ahead and took Columbus. And then it was just so strange after they won, I had to go into the their locker room after the game and it was like a party and I was kind of like, you know, sad on the inside, but it was, it was very That's strange. how I did the most parties in college. So you know, <laughs> just kind of sit there in the corner and everyone else is the Columbus crew while I'm sitting there. So yeah. that was also one of my more embarrassing moments covering the team last year. A little peek inside the curtain here. So uh, after that game, like I said, I went down. I was in their locker room. The uh, emotion was high. Let's let's put it that way. I mean, there was, like, stuff flying in the locker room. They were, you know, throwing, like, their dinner plates and shit. Um Oh, can like, we curse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's sweet. our age, Dad. Okay, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I didn't know. I didn't know. Continue. continue. That, I mean, that one actually just slipped. I, I, I didn't mean to say <laughs> that. But uh, anyway, yeah. Screw it. Um, mm. So anyway, it kind of gets me hyped. You know, like I'm in there, like, and then like I'm feeling the energy. Um, and I, but I knew I wanted to get over to the Atlanta lock, Atlanta United locker room before everything was kind of closed over there. So after I was done interviewing a few players. I uh, bust my butt over, ran down the hallway, got to the Atlanta locker room, and I'm so I'm pretty hyped up, like from being in that locker room. And I swing open the door, and I kind of like run in, almost like Kramer coming into like Seinfeld's ha- Seinfeld's apartment. And uh, <laughs> it was just like the most gloomy, like no one was talking in there. Like the reporters all looked incredibly sad, and like none of the players were talking to them. Um, and I came in like huffing and puffing and like excited kind of excited it was very strange and i just felt it was like the total wrong attitude to to walk into that locker room with but anyway i'm trying to think and then it just got sadder from there. i know it always kind of seems to to do uh, i'm trying to think of my most embarrassing moment with the team last year and i, I think it might have been i was in a press scrub and uh, Andrew Carlton had gotten in it was like the first week i started reporting for Dirty South soccer but he got in that Houston game and uh, I asked Tata in the press scrub, I was like, oh, is, is the plan for Andrew Carlton to, to keep getting more minutes? And he looks at me and goes, yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> and that's all he said. That's all I got out of Tata. <laughs> I was like, you know what I meant. How dare uh, you? Yeah, Tata is actually really, really good at making us look really stupid when he wants to. Mm-hmm. He he's, he's, has the power he, in that dynamic he, for he, sure. Yeah, yeah. He and he's and he's dealt with his fair share of reporters over the time over his time. So, uh, yeah, it's always like a little. I'm always like a little um, nervous when I talk to him because I just easily know he can turn the tables on anything I say and just make me look like an idiot. Well, but the, the, but the he's generally over. very nice. He's oh, a very nice man. Absolutely. I don't think anyone on the team is really uh, surly. I guess when they're talking to us, you know, Joseph can be kind of moody sometimes after mm-hmm. matches, but, uh, it's, it's more of a, he's either disappointed with himself, or disappointed the match, uh, rather than being upset with us. Uh, yeah, you know, that, that's a really good point. You know, and I've talked to some people, some other fans and stuff uh, about Joseph and it's kind of, it's just really hard to describe his personality. Uh, I know a lot of people have gotten upset with him, uh, after the, the shin guard stuff, you know, and like ripping the tape off of his legs when he's getting substituted on the field. And it's hard to describe why he does that, but I know why he does that. Um, it, it's just, a, he's just very emotional and uh, he's, he can be really happy go lucky or he can be really, really sad. And it doesn't even really depend on the result or his performance. It can be like, can be anything um it might be one of those things but it might be nothing i remember 
they they the game they beat uh, Montreal Impact was the game that Miguel Almiron got injured and Joseph was just like very just like did not want to talk he was just very sad after that game even though he played fine and um we well, remember the next nothing, game but... he uh, he scored and brought the jersey out and held it up and put it on his face like Almiron had just uh, I don't know been diagnosed with a terminal disease or something he was just out <laughs> for like a couple games oh my gosh yeah, yeah that. I, that... That, that's a perfect example of the kind of person he is. He's just a little bit crazy, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I love him. In so. the best kind of way. In the best kind of way. Of course, I wrote yeah. a, I wrote it. I don't know if you know this. I have a mailbag that I like to do from time to time on Drew's oh, yeah. I wrote a bit about him uh, being a Bachelor contestant, and uh, the highs in that theoretical scenario were, were very high, and the lows were very, very low. It was great TV. So if we ever can get Joseph on a reality TV uh, type of scenario, then I think we've really got some magic working there. I don't know how we yeah, can make that, that would, happen, but that would be uh, that would be must watch for sure. I mean, I know we could we could go we could talk for hours about um, you know the the Bachelorette contestants that we have on this team and who would do well. It's actually a fascinating discussion to have. We've we've already had this uh, this discussion in uh, the writers' room chat. Um, it's very detailed, and it's uh, I personally I'm, my personal. Um, person I, a player i think would do the best is andrew wheeler on uh amiyunu uh, i just think he's a fantastic person but um he's got the pipes yeah. too he can sing a little bit he can, he yeah can that's that what i'm there. saying he could he could serenade <laughs> he could serenade a woman i mean he's mm-hmm. uh i can imagine him bringing out the guitar in the middle of the room where all the guys are staying and just singing to this girl and every other guy just staring at him just hating him for singing like hey there delilah or something like that. <laughs> One of those songs is just super basic on guitar that you pick up the first time, but he's yeah. just crushing it's, it, and she's just into like, it, and everyone else just hates it for it. It's like that uh, Alabama quarterback who was playing the ukulele. Um, uh, too, you uh, know, it's just like it's like some basic like three or four chord thing, but you know, if you have the charisma, then. Uh, doesn't yeah. matter it can be amazing as always with, with a lot of things step one is to be attractive so if you can you know pull that part off then everything yeah. else you don't really have to be you know freddie mercury to really impress anybody sometimes yeah so uh. there go, so there goes my any shot i have at uh ser- successfully serenading a woman oh but, yeah thank god this you know, is a podcast by the way luck- luckily i'm a great talker right <laughs> as we're proving right now <laughs> here on this h dad <laughs> good god all right, so um, do you want to start talking a little bit, kind of looking forward uh, to the season? I mean, we don't anticipate these these episodes being too long. Um, we want to kind of wrap them up typically like under 30 minutes. They don't have to be. If, if there's a lot of stuff to talk about, we can. But, um, yeah, I think in, in that spirit, we should kind of move on and kind of talk about um, what's what we're looking forward to this season, kind of some of the news that's happened recently. Um Carlos Carmona, obviously being the big one, he just left the club. It still has not been confirmed by Atlanta United, but it has been reported by multiple sources, including MLSsoccer.com, that he's been been sold for $1.5 million, which makes him the 22nd most expensive player sold in MLS history, which is pretty Which nuts. is insane for a player you probably consider the 11th most thought-about player out of the starting 11, the regular starting 11 uh, last yeah. year. There, there weren't a whole lot of Carlos Carmona diehards out there uh, in the Atlanta United fan base. Of course, they've kind of popped up out of the woodwork a little bit as he uh, starts to leave, as, as you know happens with 
a lot of people in a lot of scenarios, but uh, he's a player that kind of flew under the radar. He did a lot really well. Uh, he was solid in that eight role uh, period with Jeff Lorinowitz. Uh But now that he's gone, everyone's going to look around and say, oh man, what, what do we do now? He was expected to be in that midfield pairing with, with Nagby. Uh, but now Atlanta's got to think on the fly, and it's something we've kind of touched on a bit in the last few uh, Dirty South South articles and the Slack chat, anything like that where this is the first time Atlanta United's really had to think on the fly with the transfer. So much was planned out, so much was orchestrated. The Barco transfer took months upon months, apparently, to get him into the five strikes. But now we got to think quickly. we got a whole lot of Garber bucks to play with, though. It looks like 650000 GAM, uh, 480000 in salary cap space, and 24000 in TAM to kind of play with a little bit here. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I think that'll help him. But you're you're totally right that um, we haven't been in this situation before. In fact, I just I just wrote I published something on Wednesday that uh, said basically we're gonna have to see how good Atlanta United is at selling players because that's kind of their model. And then um, this thing comes along a couple days later, and I felt a little bit guilty. But I mean, you were I wasn't, a little responsible for that. Absolutely. Yeah, but but one of the things that I found really interesting about this Carmona thing was that I mean we had heard from uh, our sources that you know that he was not going to be leaving, that he was going to be staying. But um, based on what Carmona has said uh, since the transfers happened, he's been just given a couple short interviews to Chilean outlets. And basically he said that, yes, this has been a long and stress. I think what his quote was that it's been a long and stressful um, ordeal or something like that. Um, but the but the key words there to me were, well, long, um, the fact that he has been long wanting this, and obviously we know the reasons why his wife is pregnant, and obviously they want the she can't fly, and they want to, the baby to be born in Chile, which is you know totally understandable. Um, so it just makes me think, despite sources having said that he's not leaving, um, that they've known his intention for a long time, and so thus they've had the opportunity to kind of sort out. Uh, plan B or you know get the replacement in line so I don't know I don't know who that replacement is going to be um, I think I'm going to write something about that a little bit with some some options uh, I've been looking through football manager but um, we I mean I hope that I hope whoever it is comes soon um, has anyone stood out in this football manager scouting sessions yeah oh yeah there, yeah there's been several uh, and I'll write about them I don't remember any of their names <laughs> You just I'll know just, they I'll had great music set yeah. their highlight videos. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There was there was one to uh, Tiesto. He was really good. <laughs> um, no, I don't I don't know. Uh, but yeah, there there's there. I mean, there's definitely quality out there and that we can replace him with. But we'll just see, you know, what's affordable and what this uh, what the club can kind of manage based on the money that they have available. Of course, the name I, that's I, been hinted at too is here is uh, Yuri Rossell uh, mm-hmm. coming over. Uh, he used to be with uh, Sporting Kansas City before going over to Portugal. Uh, he's, he's an interesting player. He's a little more in the vein of uh, Jeff Lorenz, I think. I think he stays back a lot more. Uh, looking at his stats, here on who scored, uh, he's averaging about a tackle and a half a game, 2.3 interceptions per game, though, which would have been better than uh, Lorenowitz and Carmona last year in MLS. And, of course, we know interceptions are huge to getting things kick-started for any kind of counter. Lady United wants to play uh, in Tata Martinez's system. Uh, so he'd be an interesting one. I, I think the indication right now is that he is likely not coming to Atlanta, even though he's coming to MLS. But he is definitely a name to keep an eye on as of right now. Yeah, and you know, 
that leads me into something that I, we haven't talked about this, but you had mentioned it a while back when we first signed Nagby. I think you were a little worried about the situation, how it was going to play out, how Nagby and Carmona would work out in the middle because Carmona was kind of an all action player. You know, mm-hmm. he, everyone talks about him being like a defensive midfielder, but really he did a lot of passing. He did a lot of running around. He would leave, you know, he would leave midfield to go chase the ball down. And Laurentowitz was that guy who was the, the rock in front of the defense that would kind of, he would position himself well to be able to cover for Carmona when he left. And I think now Nagby is kind of taking that Carmona role where Nagby is going to be the one that's kind of going around, getting close to the ball and chasing it around. And we need someone a little different than Carmona. I think really what we wanted was Carmona to kind of adapt his game and play more of a conservative role in terms of his positioning, you know, just kind of, staying back but maybe it's a blessing in disguise that we have an opportunity to 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 get the exact kind of player that we want to fill this role um that can play in a more stable way like kind of like how Laurentowitz would play you know um where you can just kind of hold back and recycle possession and do that kind of thing so yeah we'll see essentially it kind of comes down to we need another Jeff Laurentowitz just one who's (laughs) maybe not 35 years old and you know, uh, reportedly, according to a rumor someone heard from his wife playing his last season uh, in MLS, of course, I, think, I believe he's just on a really short contract with us for this final year. Maybe the last time we see Jeff Lernowitz in an MLS uniform, which is crazy. He's been there for at least uh, 45 years at this point. I think he was playing MLS before the league even started. Uh, been around a real long time, but he offered something different than Carmona. Uh, he, of course, he was holding a lot more. He was asked to do different things than Carmona, but he was very successful. Uh, 2.2 tackles per game, 1.8 interceptions per game. Uh, is also averaging 2.2 clearances per game, which was uh, way up there. Was it with their uh, with Parkers, with uh, Leandro mm-hmm. Gonzalez Perez? He was doing a lot getting back, and of course he was uh, playing in that kind of fluid back three. They would go to a lot in that 4-2-3-1 system. Of course, he dropped back. Uh, Parkers, Leandro Gonzalez Perez would split out a bit wide, and that'd be our back three in possession. So he's having to cover a lot on counters. And we need someone very similar to that who can last 34 games. Yeah, I mean, I think you're exactly right. I think I think if there wasn't the fear that Jeff's legs were going to fall off midseason, then I think he would be the perfect person for the role. Uh, I think it's just his age and, you know, the, the worry of him getting injured or something like that is, is really the primary concern as the reason why we even need to bring in someone else. I know... I've heard other fans like on Reddit and stuff talking about how we're questioning whether we even need to buy someone. I definitely think we do. Um, I don't think there's, and I don't think you'd probably argue that, that point. Um, but basically, but it's, but it's a fair point to say that we have a guy in Laurentowitz on the team that is, is the kind of profile that we want to fill that role. We just need someone that's a little younger that has a little less inherent risk there, but Absolutely. We've uh, got enough offensive firepower. There's a whole bunch of folks in front of our uh, our two holding midfielders who are going to be able to create a ton of opportunities. Of course, Zeke Boat coming in is going to provide even more of that. Uh, of course, the hope with him, as Darren, Darren Hills has said a few times, is that he'll be able to unlock some of these defenses like a DC United. And he's even mentioned DC United by name multiple times, which I think is hilarious. But able to unlock these defenses who are sitting back and parking the bus and putting 10 guys behind the ball and making it difficult for us. I've written a couple times uh, looking forward to this season that it may be one of those years where there's a few games where everything's just just fucking stupid. We get like 22 shots on target. They'll have like two, and we'll lose like 2-1. 
It may yeah. be something like that, just because teams are able to hit us on the counter and maybe hit us in set pieces. Of course, the comparison over with English teams is Liverpool, who, you know, lost to West Brom uh, yesterday, has lost to Slans in uh, last week, but beat Manchester City 4-3, uh, right. going on a score. Yeah, I mean, page. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I think we definitely will fare better, or the games will at least be way more exciting against teams that are better and will uh, and will come at us. Um, I think that, you know, last year we saw it. We struck, we just struggled against teams who didn't really want to play in the way that we did. We, we, we want someone to go toe to toe with us, but, and and if I were managing the team going against us, I would do that. I would sit back and just try to counter extremely quickly, especially when, um, our defenders and stuff push up even more to try to, you know, force the issue offensively but uh, speaking of breaking down opponents i cannot wait to see what we look like in two weeks when we go to nashville uh nashville not me personally i'm not going to be going i don't know if you are <laughs> i think uh, i am they're playing in a minor league baseball stadium it's apparently very tiny and has an even tinier press box so i may not be able to get a seat in the press box but uh we'll see hopefully i'll be up there and able to give y'all a little bit of a report and a bunch of dumb tweets from nashville i have to figure out what hot chicken is what is hot chicken Someone keeps telling me to try hot chicken. Do you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I lived in Nashville. Well, I'll be honest. I lived in Nashville for, uh, what, like two years in mm-hmm. college. Hot chicken was not a thing then, and I don't remember having it there. Like, okay. it wasn't – I feel like it became, like, a hipster fad type thing in the last, <laughs> like, six years or so, uh, um, which i kind of showing my age there, but – uh, it was like right after I graduated. You know, I, I graduated exactly six years uh, ago. So, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I don't know. I never had hot chicken. Okay. Um, okay. I, I mean, I would do it after the game if you're going to do it. I would not do it before the game. Okay. For, I mean, for the sake of everyone else in the press box. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Yeah. But no, it's going to be exciting. And hopefully, but can we'll you, get our first. Like, go ahead. Go ahead. Can, can you imagine the thoughts going through Ezekiel Barco's head? walking on to a minor league baseball state into a minor league <laughs> baseball stadium like for his first game uh, you know like welcome to america this is <laughs> yeah uh, hopefully there'll this be is enough of an atmosphere to where it'll feel a little bit more like home but uh yeah it'll, yeah it'll definitely be different when he trips over the pitcher's mound for the first time and goes, what the <laughs> hell was that uh so <laughs> it'll uh, be great though that may be our first look at him uh well, yeah of course yeah. he's still not here yet so I Maybe hope it will be. Look. I mean, I think he should be. He should be joining the team down at their camp uh, coming up here soon. But yeah, I just, mm-hmm. I, I just love picturing what's with like going on in his head um, when he sees that when he when just when he sees what the whole thing is like. You know, I don't know. Maybe it'll be no big deal for him. Maybe he's like, oh, this is actually, uh, you know, this is similar to what I was, mm-hmm. what I what I was a part of. But. Um, Considering it's preseason, I mean, obviously he knows what to expect for, for the regular season. Sure, and I, I think uh, just reading a little bit about his desire to come to Atlanta United, part of that was playing in the spaceship that is Mercedes-Benz Stadium. He kept mentioning the stadium and how amazing <laughs> it was and how yeah. incredible it was going to be to play in that. And uh, it kind of comes back to something that's I've kind of thought for a while, is if you're coming in to MLS, uh, you're going to look around and see Atlanta United playing in this stadium with you know a state-of-the-art locker room, things like that, all the amenities. Why would you go anywhere else? So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, of course, we'll be able to see uh, Nagby for the first time as well, hopefully in Nashville. And then, of course, we've got a couple of Carolina uh, Challenge Cup games over there in Charleston. I don't think we're going to be able to get to any of those, but we'll be able to have a couple of stats, maybe post-game for some of them. And mm-hmm. yep. uh, a lot to look forward to. This is going to be fun. It's, it's going to be interesting. I've, 
I've wondered out loud a couple times if this is a team that allows more goals than last year's team, but also scores more. It could be a year where we have a whole bunch of 4-3, 5-4, whatever kind of games uh, you want to call it in uh, this 2018 season. So it's going to be interesting, to say the least. Yeah, check out DirtySouthSoccer.com. Uh, one of our writers, Teodal Football, who you probably know on uh, Twitter, he wrote about that, that exact um, kind of scenario for us this year where we're kind of doubling down on our wager and um, we're going to take a gamble and it might pay off or it might not, but we'll see. So go check out Teodal Football's uh, report. And I don't know his name either, so that's just Oh, I do. Just Teodal Football. <laughs> you insight. know his name? I know his name. Well, Jay Riddle over at uh, our Big Brother podcast, Mouth of the South. Uh, yeah. His uh, season tickets are right next to Teodal Football. Oh, uh, that's right. I will not mention that. I have not. I'm not going to ruin his... Uh, uh, whatever you call it, anonymity. I can't say yeah. the word. Yeah, uh, he probably yeah. he probably needs it. He probably has like a really good reason for keeping for keeping his anonymity. <laughs> Unlike us, mm-hmm. we were dumb and let people know where to find us. Essentially, and now we're doing it even more, uh, which is the opposite of the Lorenzo's philosophy of you know libertarian. I'm going to go hide in the woods and not be on social media for the next uh, you know 40 years of my life. But uh, no, going to be interesting. Of course, big risk for us too. Taking on this H dad, we're essentially the Lady United of H dads. At this point, high risk, high reward uh, going on with us. So damn right. It, damn right. Hopefully it pays off for us. Hopefully it pays off for you guys listening in. Yeah, so um, I th- do you have anything else? I, th- I think we can pretty much wrap this baby up. Um, again, please get in contact with us anyway uh, through your medium of choice. You can email us at 5 at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at 5 final, And then you obviously need to be following Dirty South Soccer on Facebook. Yeah, that's it. I, th- I think that's Let's about it. it. All right, yeah, that, that sounds like a good way to close Show this thing Show one down, out, a thousand so. more to go. That yeah, easy. Yeah. So, all right, so uh, we will talk to you guys after one of our next preseason games, probably Nashville, maybe not, definitely sometime during the char- the Charleston Champions Cup. Is that what it's called? Probably sure. not. <laughs> all right, sounds good enough anyway. That's what they should call it. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, people. See you later. Bye, all It's an absolute peach from the Paraguayan. Miguel Almiron. Across it in, looking for Garza, backside and in.